What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba 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 ba. Again, a missing of my enthusiasm and your your mellowness, uh, Ernst. I mean, why? It's been a quiet week, ah, huh? quiet week with news and and just generally very very somber news about Phase Three and stuff like that, lah. Huh? Why somber? Why somber news about Phase Three? Somber, lah. I mean, it, it, why somber? Because a lot of uh, stuff that we were hoping that would one day be open again are uh, not going to open. Uh, and so it's 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 a sad thing, uh, isn't it? In fact, I'm surprised because I was thinking, who the fuck knows when the hell things are going to even open up in phase three? Because right now they say by end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's more encouraging. Uh. That's like two and a half months away. La. Yeah, la, true. La, but the way time is flying, it's fucking October. We are two months away from 2021. No? Just saying that sounds fucking weird. Yeah, it's been uh, up 2021. and... 2021. It's been a pretty crazy, crazy year, but uh, a lot of ups and downs, and 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 yeah, I don't know. Did we mention about uh the she's a terrorist? What happened to it? To oh it yeah, no, well? no, we've not even talked true. about it on a podcast, right? We haven't. Oh fuck, yeah, yeah. we recorded a podcast. Yeah. holy shit. Yes, please you, go I, ahead, Terrence. No, no, please, please. I give you the. I'll let you say it. At least start it, lah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for those of you who. Uh, are not aware we actually released our first ever TV show earlier this year called She's a Terrorist and I Love Her. It was an eight-episode dark comedy series that we produced for Hook, which was a regional OTT that was that's meant to be like a Netflix competitor. La. So the reason why you can't really watch it now is because unfortunately, uh, a month after our our season went live and we were on top of the fucking world. Uh, the company Hook liquidated. La. So their platform went down in April, uh, which is why you can't really watch it now. But the 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 series exists. And and maybe before we go into what uh, happened last week, to give you more context is how we got the series commission is uh, in 2018, there was a Asia-wide call for television pilot pictures mm. that we just submitted uh, this story for. Basically, it's a comedy about a guy who falls in love with a terrorist. La. And... Mm. If you've been in Singapore for a while, you would probably assume that there's no network in Singapore that would want to ever come close to a show like that. We just pitched it because we felt there was a good story there. Uh, we made it. We were called back for a few interviews by the Hook, uh, head of productions, head of origi- originals. We made it to the final five uh, and we were competing with two teams from Indonesia, one from Thailand, one from Malaysia. We were given a modest budget to make a pilot. We made a pilot and in the end, we kicked all their asses and we won the whole damn thing and got a full fucking series uh, that was going to be shown around Asia. La. So that was a monumental step for us. Yeah. Uh, all that was year, the first half. It was the first half of 2019, right? First half of 2019. Yeah. We found out on April 24th, I remember. June, we started work. And by January 23rd, the first episode went live, which is a mm. fucking crazy timeline. But even last year, based on the modest pilot we made, uh, we won Best Original Program by uh, OTT slash streamer in Singapore. And we were nominated uh, for the Best Original Program by an OTT for Asia. So we actually mm. were, were competing with shows like uh, Delhi Crime by Netflix. Yeah. Us! Yeah. Our first ever TV show. So we didn't win, but it was still dope to go to the the Asian Creative Academy Awards. La. But then what happened last week, Terrence? Um, yeah, and then, I mean, since the, the network got liquidated, the show had only like maybe a month or two months, I don't know, about a, two, about a month and a half, I think, in circulation. Uh, in fact, like towards, because we only, we released it week by week, right? So mm. there wasn't even that much of a chance for everyone to catch the full series. Um, then, Unfortunately, the network liquidated and along with it, all the shows they were showing, these exclusive shows, all also ended up being put on the shelf for a while. Uh, so we thought that that was, you know, that was it for 2020. La. You know, for everyone, everyone else, as you know, like 2020 is a year where, you know, everyone started with big hopes and ended up to shit. La. And now we're in October 2020 already. La. But, yeah. you know, along the way, we still held a little bit of hope that somehow, somewhere, some people might have seen little bits of our show and thought there were some promising parts. And so what we did was we, you know, we just did a Hail Mary. We submitted um, our show for consideration for two, a couple of categories at the Asia. Two categories. Yeah, yeah, two categories at the Asia Academy Creative Awards, uh, uh, which is actually the, the is an Asian, I mean, it's not re- affiliated directly to the Oscars or anything like that, but it's, it recognizes excellence in Asian television, television uh, yeah. programming. So all across Asia, every country has has its nominees and then they come together as a, as a group in December and, 
and they, they you know they they crown the you know best comedy in Asia, best program in Asia, blah blah. So we uh just last week was the announcement of the regional winners, meaning the winners from each country. And she's a terrorist, and I love her. Was uh, the regional winner for Singapore for best comedy program. Woo-hoo! And now we are we are basically nominated for best comedy in Asia, like we, and yep. we'll find out if we win the whole thing in December. Yeah. So it is quite quite a quite a monumental thing for us because last year we were nominated based just on the pilot. Mm. We reshot the pilot, and then this year we submitted for the series. And I mean, we can't talk much about the liquidation. The process is still going on. It is by far. Uh, a very unfun process. Mm. Uh, maybe in future we might be able to talk about it. But when we submitted, we literally had to submit it by ourselves, lah. Mm. Uh, I mean, the submission fee is not cheap, which is why we only chose two categories. Now I regret, honestly, not submitting for best actor. No, mm. fucking hell. Oh, yeah. yeah, or or best best director, la, Best director. Oh yeah, best. Oh yeah, best director. I mean, <laughs> no, I, mean I was the I was the lead actor, and Terence was the was the, was the director, la. To be fair, to be <laughs> fair, uh, I think uh, Harish. I mean, yeah, the acting categories. I think were always. They're always uh we had a lot of good performances la Harish mm. was one of them, and 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 I mean I wish we could have submitted for more, but the truth is uh I mean it's not cheap to submit for so many categories yeah. la. So we we tried to be economical in that we chose the ones that we th- thought that we had we'd have a pretty good chance of winning la. Yeah. So I mean we are still fighting hard to allow the show to come to light and be visible by the world at some point because I mean we. We released it before our Yalabad family and community grew to this size and it would be mm. fucking dope if we can actually show it to you guys. Yeah. Uh, the day will come, if not for that show, for the next show and the show after that and the show after that and the yeah. movie after that. Uh, yeah, so just give us a bit of time. But you can watch the trailer. The trailer's online. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, and for those of you lucky enough to have seen it during its run, uh, yeah, just let us know on our, our, on our Reddit what you guys thought about it because... Cause I, I we love reading reviews because like you know it's not it's not easy to find reviews of shows like people like actually penning down their thoughts about what they think about certain shows because everyone watches so many TV, so much TV these days that uh, the only opinions you hear are the really bad ones or the really really excellent ones. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident of what we produce. So yeah, hopefully hopefully it'll be good lah. So the past few minutes, uh, our listeners have just been listening to us pat ourselves in the back. Uh. I'm not going to lie, it felt pretty good, man. felt pretty fucking good. Hey, that's how I say. 2020 <laughs> is the year of celebrating the small victories. Uh. Yeah, at the uh, start of the year, we just had our TV show. We're like, fuck yeah, go to conquer the world. Woo! Yeah. And then fast forward to October, I'm in my room late at night talking into a camera. Terrence yeah. is in his room late at night talking into his camera. Yeah. Ooh, how uh, the world has changed. I remember the press conference. I, I dusted off my almost like quite new Air Jordan 11s and wore them yeah. with a suit thinking that I looked dope as fuck. And <laughs> the, the night, the, the, yeah, and what, and what? No, I didn't, I mean, I, I, I mean, I haven't worn those Air Jordans since, lah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> the night before, the night before, because we got some advice from, from someone who is very well-versed in fashion, lah, and mm. an area that I'm totally not well-versed in. Lai Chan, Lai Chan, me, the fashion yeah, designer, he, Lai Chan Correct, himself. the fashion designer. So he actually, like he actually put our outfits together and he gave he he recommended a jacket for me. I got new pants and the night before I ran to Foot Locker at nine twenty five to get a pair of white Converse because that's what mm. he told me to to wear and uh yeah like, I think it came off pretty well. But just like you, I haven't fucking worn those shoes <laughs> since then. No. What the hell, man? Yeah. What the hell? That's why. God damn. Yeah, it was a small victory for us. That that's why we're sharing it with you because yeah. you know I, we feel like you guys actually give a shit about us and and. You ent- you entertain us by listening to us talk cock here, yeah. yeah, and in December, who knows? We might win for best comedy in Asia. Mm, fingers Finally, crossed. maybe my my family will feel proud of me. Finally. Yeah, depends anyway. on how they say Asia X Asia X India is it? <laughs> eh, last first. year, eh, last year we were nominated against Delhi Crime. That's okay? true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking in Asia Pacific. Yeah. yeah All right. Correct. So we'll see, like we'll see in December. Yeah. But uh, but but yeah, we've we've got some serious stuff to talk about today. Mm. First of all, okay, can you do the plug? Yes, and if this show in any way has helped you, whether you're an A-level student who's studying for your general paper, or you're a university student who's cramming through, you know, the late nights, just trying to score an A in your exam, or you're a doctor who's you know having a late night shift, or or you're doing locum as a GP or something like that. If you're listening to this podcast and you feel like it might add something to someone's life, just do us a favor, pick up your phone, message a person with the link to our 
to our Spotify to our Spotify podcast, I guess, and tell mm. them tell them that you know this will cheer them up. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Alrighty. So, uh, the first topic we're talking about today was something that, I mean, honestly, it didn't get that. Like, did you did you know about it, or did you see your friends talk about this topic? I just saw a small article about it. I, tr- I, I like to read this kind of like crime, uh, cri- no, not crime. I guess it's like abuse of uh power kind of stories, you know, in universities and all that. I like to, I like to read these kind of things, but there weren't a lot of details in there. It was kind of scant. Yeah. So, so I mean, this just, just caught uh, my eye and I thought, like, yeah, we, we figured that there's something... I mean, okay, the sad thing is it is about a professor from uh, the Tembusu College at NUS who got fired for sexual uh, advances towards two students. Mm. But the sad thing is, it, it, I think it didn't get that much attention because... The fucking reality is every week there's some new sexual harassment case at NUS and NTU. Like mm. it fucking blows my mind how often like it just keeps popping up. So so it's either a lot of these things that have been happening for ages are, are coming to light, but it just blows my mind that it continues to to happen. Or maybe it's just because these cases are from last year. Because this year no one's going to school, right? So mm. so I think I think maybe it's just a case of people being more willing to come forward, which is which is a positive thing. But this yeah. case just just like what Terence said, um, he he was a he's a col- he was a college professor. His name is Doctor Jeremy Fernando, and I mean his name is public, so we're not doxing him or anything. Um, and he was a uh, uh, from NUS's Tembusu College, like, which is what I understand to be one of those very, you know, like a bit more. Uh, they combine residential living with lessons. Yep, yep. So it's like a very holistic kind of experience where it sounds like a pretty pretty cool idea, yep. Um, but he got fired because. Uh, he made sexual advances against uh, towards two students from last year. Mm. Uh, and I mean, not just verbal or anything. The allegations include kissing, groping, and performing sexual acts after a night of drinking. Wait, um, wait. Do, we, do they all, all happen last year only? Or, or um, you're talking I, about, I, thought that, I thought there was some that happened. Well, at least one that was more recent. Like it was during COVID I, periods. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, while you're fact-checking, I, I, I suspect yeah. that he managed, even one of them was a student, he even met through a Zoom class. He didn't even see her face-to-face or something. Oh, I see. Okay, so the first victim said the advances from Dr. Fernando began in October 2019 and lasted till the circuit breaker period this year. Mm-hmm. So apparently, uh, Dr. Fernando made non-consensual sexual advances, kissing, groping, and performed oral sex on her while she was drunk. And then the second victim, appro- uh, he approached her during online classes this year and privately messaged her on Zoom. Oh, Good point out, Terence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it happened towards the end of last year and this year, which, which I mean, yeah, it's the fact that these kind of things still happening. Yeah, I think it's it's good that people are speaking out. But but what was what was uh sad about this case was I think the way the college uh like um acted. I think right now the tertiary educations, the universities are still don't seem to be well equipped to deal with these sort of cases, lah. Yeah. Uh, because apparently they kept silent for two, three weeks and when he was fired, uh, there was no public statement or something and and just the communications with the victims were not the best. Mm. So some people started voicing out. Uh, there was some traction but the fact that you also heard a little bit of it, I also heard a little bit of it meant that it never reached uh, the scale that, that it felt like it deserved. Um, but, mm. but the thing that, that struck me about this case uh, in particular was the Facebook page Wake Up Singapore which is a very mm. how would you classify that page? Uh? Uh, that's interesting I, I, I would say kind the, of anti-establishment anti-establishment yeah but they don't yeah. sometimes they don't They don't. I can't outright say they're anti-PAP or, or pro-opposition or anything because sometimes they they just point out certain uh, certain inconsistencies even in what, what opposition people say and stuff like yeah. So so I mean they had one post uh that that uh had a screenshot of something that uh Dr. Jeremy wrote in 2015 uh as kind of like a book review where he talked about or he kind of broached on the theme of like how a teacher student relationship um is it, it opens itself to to kind of like romantic uh possibilities and and it, Even it sexual, it, right? It he uses the word sexual. sexual. Yeah, sexual. And I mean, to to quote certain things, he said, like, keeping in mind that teaching involves dissemination, spreading, growing, germination, trimming, cutting, pruning, quite possibly insemination. Um, 
And yeah, so so there's a lot of words here which okay, he was talking about something sexual. Uh he mentions like, okay, that um he is enroaching dangerously close to the terrain of pedophilia, uh and and uh that that you should be worried that he's going there. But after all, the there's a lot I mean the reason why I don't, don't feel it's necessary to go into detail is because mm. he was writing it as a, a review, like like a, a review of, of another book by a French dude or something. So mm. so what Wake Up Singapore, the caption was basically saying, he published this in 2015. How was this red flag not spotted? Mm. So I just found it, found it like, okay, how, how far back or how much can you uh, put on someone's words like this, which... Ultimately, like honestly, the way he writes, I also don't understand some of the things he's saying. He's mm. he, he's a professor of literature, so he's very yeah. bombastic with his words. Mm. But I just remember the last episode, or was it the last episode we were talking about Amos E, right? Yes, yes. You know, like he had that he was talking about pedophilia, pro pedophilia, yep. and yep. then he turned out as a as a, apparently a pedophile. Mm. So in this case, I just thought, okay, like is, is is this should this should this have been a red flag or like how how much. How 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 do you go about like okay if you see this mm. should he have been put on a watch list or something because the whole issue with with um with with these universities is because of the nature of the interaction between professors students or people in close quarters and mm. where it kind of promotes I don't know like like I think in school is one of those times where you you are exposed to a lot more uh subjects uh themes interests than than ever before how do you how do you deal with this kind of stuff? La? Maybe you just break it down bit by bit. La. Uh, let's start with the residential college. Uh, yeah. In your understanding, I mean, if you haven't, for people listening who haven't been to NUS, uh, either in a while or just don't never never went to NUS or what, right? Uh, we, we didn't go to NUS, but we've visited before and they have this area called University Town, la, which is like uh, a very nice campus almost like those American university campus kind of feel where there's a big green field in the middle of the campus and then like uh, big airy study areas with a lot of tables for people to sit down and study. And from what I understand also, it's a residential college, uh, meaning people can stay there and, and then they, they have to take like one or two classes per semester within the dormitory itself uh, that count towards their degree and all. Uh. So, so there's mm. a very... Like what Harish said, like a very laid back collegial atmosphere. And uh I think this guy was the dean of one of these residential colleges, like right. So mm. so so my guess is probably I don't know, maybe someone can can tell us if they they know maybe he was staying there as well and maybe he was like, you know, uh maybe he had a uh, he, he had a a room or something, I'm not sure like, because yeah, I mean, in the US, it was kind of like where, uh, you know, when you stay in a dorm as well, there's programs within the dorm and there's a residential advisor, there's a, there's a, a people like that la, who help you, you know, settle into your, your place, but also, you know, give you some guidance on how to, how to spend your college years. La. So, so my yeah. guess is this guy was, uh, I mean, he's like a, probably a, you know, he can, he can relate well to young people, um, you know, very eloquent, obviously, because he's, professor of literature and everything so mm. you know he's i mean he's not that old himself right he's he's if you look from the photos yeah he's not yeah 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 so i, I think also one important thing is clarify although he wrote about pedophilia uh when you talk about university age students i don't think it, it qualifies as pedophilia already like right because mm. it's i mean even if he's a lot older or what the students are still of of legal age la. it's not it's not exactly yeah. it's not really pedophilia it's just yeah, a very large age gap, uh, which which and and maybe a lack of professionalism, and he breached some ethical lines in, you know, in, because he's a teacher and they are students, lah, right? And and I mean, one thing is that I only caught wind of this on coconuts, the coconuts website, because every major article uh wrote about this, lah. But I found it interesting that not none of the mainstream ones like Straight Times and all uh touch on this one thing that coconuts mentioned, which. Uh, the, basically the article started off with a college professor linked to a student sexuality awareness group behind a recently cancelled BDSM talk has been fired by NUS after two undergraduates complained of sexual misconduct oh. so I saw it I was like wait, wait, what? What, what what is this so then I went down the rabbit hole and there's this there's this group called T Freedom which um, kind of uh, it's, it's kind of like a, 
they 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 want to create a safe space for for talking about sex lah in in and mm. they are housed at Tembusu College. Uh, mm. I think it came about in 2014 when they two students approach the then deans to have a safe space to talk about um sex lah. So they organized this Zoom call um where they invited this couple who who engage in like um BDSM and rope activity to kind mm. of talk about um how to do it in a safe and consensual way lah. So it was meant to be a 90 minute Zoom session. So okay. as with most things that can be provocative there was a petition that was started lah. So it got 11,000 signatures. Um because uh the the general rhetoric was okay it's promoting violent sexual fetishes promoting loose sexual behavior uh and and it got 11,000 signatures um and in the end T Freedom actually um canceled the Zoom session but not because they they agreed with the the petition but because the petition fucking doxed the members who had I think RSVP to the to to the Zoom session So mm. so they then cancel the thing which kind of empowered I guess the message that this anti uh BDSM Zoom call uh petition uh had done and this I guess uh Dr Jeremy was being at Tembusu and being um very uh, an advocate for yeah just creating safe spaces for these kind of things mm. um he he was linked to that lah and you know just now you said the abuse of power just reading some um accounts of students this is If I mean it's it's fucking terrible that someone who advocates for you know a safe space to talk about sex and all that violated the the very thing that he was preaching uh to to be to be done safely and consensually lah. So mm. that adds he's not just a professor student he was like part of a I mean like an endorser of of a NUS uh, interest group that promoted you know a safe space for sex. So mm. so then then I uh, uh, yeah like like Tembusu College I think they they won. And then, of course, there was a counter petition saying that if if even safe spaces like this to talk about bondage and all is cannot be done at Tembusu College, where else can it be done? And isn't education about you know exposing yourself to different things? So I just felt like, oh shit, this guy. I mean, yeah, he he already like has has done harm to these two victims, but it feels like it just brought in and opened up a can of worms for otherwise positive movements, lah. Mm, so so and and I think if I know, yeah, it sounds like he. Uh, he continually messaged and almost uh, you know, was was very persistent in messaging one of the girls who who didn't want to be to be uh, disturbed anymore by him, right? Uh, yeah. In one of the cases, so yeah, so creating the whole safe spaces thing, uh, yeah, he didn't really practice that in his own personal life, ah. Huh? Yeah, and I mean, of course, we like there's still not so much public information about mm. uh his case because NUS has not uh disclosed much. Uh, and what we're talking about is is the general high level thing, but it just felt like, fuck, yeah, like uh, you know, since the Monica Bay uh case, I think last year mm. was it last year? Mm. Uh, it kind of brought to the forefront the issue of like sexual harassment, sexual uh issues at NUS and. Just felt like okay, there was some progress being made, but when when you see things like this, right, it's like wow, how it is. Here's a guy who's supposed to be an advocate for these kind of things, um, mm. and then it just adds like um, it just makes the other parts of the whole ecosystem feel more problematic. Like the BDSM Zoom call, I actually think is a step in the right direction. If you're getting two people who engage in it consensually to educate people about how they do it, um, mm. I thought it's an interesting thing. If you don't want to go, you don't go lah. But then. Um, you get the survey, uh, this petition going on, so it just felt like ah, oh, fuck this hey, whole thing. I think, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you were saying finish up. No, I just think <laughs> I don't know how it is within universities. Like, are they thinking like how the fuck do we deal with this? Because this, if you're a dean of a university, even if you believe in it, like if you advocate for it, you're probably gonna lose your job, lah. Because I mean, Singapore seems like it's still more conservative than 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 anything. So it just feels like wow, they then they. I I hope they're making more progress. Uh, even if it fails to be seen, lah. Um, but okay. So here's the question: Like, what they? I mean, NUS fired a guy already, right? They did their own yeah. internal investigations. They fired him because, let's say, he had a unethical relationship, uh, or at least he he was attempting to have unethical relation an unethical relationship with more than one student, lah. And a uh, couple of times it happened. So obviously, this guy is repeat offender. But uh, at the same time. Uh, it hasn't been reported to the police. He hasn't done anything criminal, uh, in that sense, right? Has he? I mean, 
based on the victim's accounts, it feels like he did do something criminal in the sense that he was uh, kind of forcing himself non-consensually on them. Mm, okay, so but has it been reported to police or, or anything yet? Because from what I recall, they only reported it to the university itself, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, in a sense yeah, that... Yeah, I don't think the police have been involved. Yeah, if it's not a criminal case that you know has been proven beyond beyond guilt and everything, is it is the onus on the university to to like come out and have a statement and to dox him and uh, not not dox him but to you know come out with a statement and 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 mm. definitively say that you know it was a crime that was committed and blah blah we will get the police on this and everything as a because you know a lot I I was watching an episode of Criminal uh Criminal United UK la, and there was a I mean the episode that stars uh Jon Snow in his first TV appearance since Game of Thrones the Jon mm. Snow actor. It was basically... Oh, the criminal yeah, the investigation criminal, thing. Yeah, right? the criminal, the the interrogation series, like, basically, I call it. Uh, yeah, mm. and, and that was basically the premise of one of the episodes uh, where where a guy, you know, invites uh, his co-worker to upstairs and they have, I mean, they have a relationship like, and then he's claiming that it was consensual. She's claiming it was, it wasn't and all. And I mean, I won't spoil it for you, but there, there was an interesting twist in the whole whole thing as well. So uh I mean just 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 based on whatever we, we know from here, there doesn't seem to have been like the involvement of the police in a so called a criminal case. Like all we've heard is one person has complained that she was groped and she didn't want to be harassed anymore or anything like that, like right. So so mm. is in this case should the university have to come out and definitively say exactly what happened? Or they, I mean they've because they they've already fired the guy, they already did the you know what would be expected of them like firing the guy and all but do they need to come out and really give the full details i mean i think it's one of those things so just based on whatever i've been able to find online which um yeah like, it's it's definitely non-exhaustive i think in this day and age it almost feels like um institutions or whatever kind of entities need to understand that if people find out about things that could be polarizing uh, through social media, there will be an impact like, whether or not it's justified or not. So it feels like based on what our, what is reading is that he was fired um, and then the college was kind of silent or or they didn't really disclose the reason why he was fired uh, until people found out on social media. Like. So of course, this is only based on publicly available information. I don't know whether there was an internal circulator within Tembusu College, but... I think the gap to me is like how institutions manage things like this, like where someone does something that uh, is potentially criminal but not provable until the police steps in. How do you manage that? Because like what you said, mm. it's, it's tricky. Like. Should they come out and kind of preemptively say, okay, this guy uh, has been uh, convict, uh, like accused of sexual harassment? Because that could be dangerous, right? If it's mm. proven that nothing happened, his whole life yeah. is fucking destroyed, right? Exactly, yeah. So, so I think that to me is the gap. How do organizations kind of do enough to let people know, okay, this is being investigated, uh, but not do not keep silent enough to make people think, why the fuck? And then go digging for the info themselves. Because you'd also, I mean, as a university, you also reflect on you that, that your faculty is sort of preying on students, right? That means yeah. definitely there's no, <laughs> yeah. If you can't trust the faculty to not prey on students, like that, then and especially students who a lot of them who come from overseas and live in the residential dorms and stuff like that, lah. So if you think about it, there's a it's it's more than just he's more than just a a teacher who comes to school to teach every day. He's someone who who probably like has much closer interactions with students who live on campus and stuff like that, lah. Right. So mm-hmm. so it ref, it reflects really badly on the university if they they did not uh, a lot of this slipped under their noses through the interview process and, and through like what you said like, the writings that he did and a bit controversial writings and stuff like that like. but then again uh, then again uh, I have to point out like, that those were maybe he was speaking figuratively about the act of teaching like. he said the act of teaching you, yeah I mean I haven't read the full paper I read the excerpt that you you shared um, yeah but, but he says like it's 
is basically the teacher. He literally says that it's like the teacher fucking the student, like, right? And the yeah. student also fucking the teacher. Both ways, like, it's like an exchange of information. So, so you can sort of say that it's a... I mean, he just meant it in a figurative... It's a, it's a term of speech. Uh. So, I mean, yeah, you, you and I have very... Have uh, friends who are who are literary geniuses as well, and you know they mm. they 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 are very uh, adept at using words to to craft uh, to craft arguments and everything that that uh, can seduce you, but can also like you know shut you up lah. So so mm. maybe maybe that's what this guy was trying to do like, I don't know. He, he as I don't I don't think he was just putting down on paper you know predicting that one day he would become like a. He become one of those guys who who dates his students, uh, it, yeah. it sounds like it sounds like just something that he wrote uh, back in twenty fifteen. Uh. I wouldn't yeah, read too if, much into that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like um, anything. I mean, now like if anyone uses any types anything and posts it online, you can always find a layer of meaning or ascribe some sort of meaning to it, right? I mean, look mm. at what they did to the Bible, right? Mm. Anyone can interpret anything anyway. So so if you do something in future, there's probably something in your past that you could, like, that some post you made that could kind of like have a, some sort of connection. La. But yeah, I think, I think if we start kind of like attributing, like joining the dots retroactively based on what people have posted in the past, right? Everyone is going to be, is screwed la. So so mm. this one also was was in line with what we were talking about in the last episode where we were talking about Melissa Chen, you know, the advocate who uh the activist who helped Amos Yee get asylum in the US. Yeah. And then when he turned out to be like a potential pedophile, she she people were accusing her of like huh, enabling this. But how the fuck would she know that she he would turn out like this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean I went to I got a a, a scholarship from SIA and all, but in the end, what did what happened to me? How did I turn out? Huh? Yeah, I right? mean, imagine one day, one day, like I don't know, you do something violent, and people say he wrote a TV show about terrorism, you know, yeah. about the bombing, about bombing people yeah, and violence. Exactly. I'm like, uh, that's it's a TV show, friends. <laughs> yeah, and like while we were writing the damn show, I listened to fucking don't know how many podcasts about cults. And and how people like took victims as hostages. Yeah. Our like, search history was fucking corrupted as shit. So now, yeah, if someone confiscates our laptops and stuff, uh, I mean, I did it on incognito, admittedly, but I think Google still captured it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, everybody has 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 things that could be taken out of context. Uh. Yeah, I think we mentioned the word terrorism so much in the last year, or at least in like twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's, like, it's probably like uh, I don't know, I the the ISD or something probably has a. They tapped our phones and they're like, yeah, after a while they're like, yeah, this is bullshit. Yeah, they're not actually they're not actually planning anything. <laughs> yeah, every time I get stopped at the MRT for a back check, I think to myself, fuck, did they did they find something? <laughs> but yeah, even last week I got stopped. And now with the mask, right? I look even more suspicious now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the eyes. Yeah, because yeah, of the eyes. All they can see are my eyes. And you know when you're wearing a mask, you can smile, but you people might not see that. Yeah, I think you because you have very angry eyes, huh? I don't like, have angry eyes, lah. No, okay, no, because very sweet, gentle, cute, like puppy dog eyes. Or no, at least that's what a lot of people have told me. Very, very uh, staring too intently at people, uh, That's why. That's no, why I think it's they like get the nervous. you know, no, you know what's the fucking thing? The intense, intense, intense glare, like you yeah, know, yeah, like like exactly. Super Hemsworth and all that. Yeah, I mean, okay, lah. I'll give that to you, lah. Yeah, Christopher Hemsworth. Okay, fine. Christopher, Christopher Hemsworth. Hemsworth. When you wear a mask, yeah, then it reminds you of Christopher Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> a mask of his face, is it? Yeah. Fucking hell. That would help. Uh. But yeah, that's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, but so yeah, I would love I mean, would, would love for anyone who is closer to all this going on in NUS to let us know what, what exactly is also happening. Like, is there any town halls, virtual town halls? Or what? Oh, one thing I have to mention is that uh, like what you said earlier, right? Like, People are on Zoom now. There's so little chance to interact or that. But this guy still managed to find a way to to harass a student, <laughs> or at least like try and hook up with a student like through a Zoom through a Zoom class. Huh? that's pretty yeah. crazy. Huh? yeah. So I mean, that's where I think this is going to be a new age of sexual harassment. Mm. And I think um and and we just also want to to make sure to to say that if anyone out there listening to this is facing issues in their own life dealing with sexual harassment you don't know where to go uh, I mean one place you can go to is the sexual assault care center uh, the number is 67790282 uh, mm. we'll put the details in the show notes because 
yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it's positive that people are being more open to bring this forward. And at the rate the cases are coming out, right? It feels like it's been fucking happening forever, lah. So yeah. so yeah, we just keep up the momentum with that and just know that there are there are outlets out there to hear you out, lah. And I mean, we are we are taking the devil's advocate side of things also to sort of examine, go into the mind of the NUS administration now, lah, and to figure out yeah how they how are they making decisions. And and is there a reason why they made this decision? Uh, so uh, we're not advocating that that he he's innocent or you know that the police hasn't been on the yeah. So the, those are details we don't have. That's why we are talking about it right now, la. But yeah. uh, speaking about um, you know, going online to to hook up with people, right? Like the <laughs> our next topic is also related to that, la, Which is mm. yeah, it's about the nightlife industry in Singapore, where it is mm. now. And where it's gonna be in a few months, and what is the future of the nightlife industry in Singapore, la. So And why, why, well, what happened recently that made you want to talk about this? Uh, I think yesterday, yeah, yesterday evening, the multi-ministerial task force, uh, on COVID nineteen, led by Lawrence Wong, basically, they, they, you know, they gave a glimmer of hope to everyone that their life would start, you know, going more towards normal, like. I think there were recent announcements of a travel bubble that we're trying to sign with Hong Kong so that even leisure travel is possible. Uh, and then they talked about possible phase three, like we said, by the end of the year, meaning uh, you know you can start like going to cinemas and, and you can start gathering in groups of uh, eight. I think like eight visitors to your home, which means like you know maybe it's in time for, it could even be in time for uh, cross, keeping our fingers crossed, Deeper Valley celebrations or Christmas or, or New Year's Eve lah. Um, mm. So yeah, all that sounds really positive. But then when asked about nightlife, that means clubs, bars, karaoke's, and all that, you know, what 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 did they say? It will remain closed. Yeah, <laughs> basically <laughs> they shut the door on that like, They said don't expect it anytime soon. Don't I mean, what they anytime. said is that they're prepared to consider pilot trials like. Yeah. But I mean, it it is it is kind of like classified as higher risk like. Yeah. And and then yeah. um yeah and you probably have heard of a lot of uh, things going on like I think like uh Zook the Zook Club now is a spin cycle studio in the day oh is it yeah holy shit and uh so yeah they set up I think they did a tie in with some studio uh, some gym and now they do spin cycle classes in the morning and then in the evenings I think they open up as a restaurant. And they are exploring things like uh, having movie screenings, but rather than seats like in a theater, you probably sit at a table and then you serve drinks during the movie, lah. You know. Um, so the I mean, all the clubs are trying different things, and I think the government said they will try some pilot programs, which I don't know what they are, cause nobody has I mean, a, I mean, any idea, lah. The pilot programs. There's some talk that uh, I mean, okay, for restaurants, for food and beverage outlets, mm. they might. Uh, lower the music so that people don't have to raise their voice like, because the yeah, belief yeah. is that if you raise your voice you speak louder your your spit goes everywhere yep. and then there's a line in this fucking article that says you know um, with all these measures in place a dance club may not sound like a dance club anymore <laughs> can you imagine like Zook opens up but they play the music fucking soft so that you people, can speak yeah. over the music <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the key <laughs> Yeah, because you know, at a club when the music is loud, like you fucking have to go into someone's ear, right, and like camp yeah. out there, uh, yeah. to talk. But but yeah, that would be fucking uh, ridiculous, man. But yeah. but I think though, just to sidetrack a bit, when you said they might increase the number of people who can gather and all to eight, I like fucking why couldn't they make it an even number in the first place? Because I bet oh. everyone listening, right, yeah. has had the issue where you want to go to somewhere with your partner and all that. Mm. Then if you've got your three friends, all three of you are in relationships, then someone has to be sacrificed. Like. In some yeah. way, it's good because it allows you to to have a reason why you can't bring your girlfriend to like some place where you're like, oh, you know, sorry. No oh, one when when did it happen to you? When did it happen to you? They never, never, <laughs> never. What, what was it that you never. wanted to attend that your girlfriend insisted on attending <laughs> with you? It's okay, you can just share with the group. <laughs> nothing lah, nothing. I mean, yeah, she's a very important part of my life. Yeah, very, very important. And another thing that I also find funny, like when there's all this talk about nightlife, right? I mean, when I hear Lawrence Wong is talking to the nightlife industry, he's the last person I can imagine in a club, yeah? Hey. Maybe if it was someone... Why? No, why? hey, he's... Uh, haven't you seen the videos of him like he got on stage at some bar and then he, he, he fucking plays guitar then fucking well, you know? Like he, huh? yeah, he's fucking blazing what? like solos and everything, you know. Like he could Are legitimately play. In, he could play in a band kind of thing, you know. No fucking oh, joke. Oh shit! There are YouTube videos. Yeah. 
Oh shit, man! You and here you are sitting here in your room in your underpants, talking, <laughs> talking about current affairs, and then like saying that this guy oh, is the last person to talk about nightlife. <laughs> fuck! Why do you have to tell me this? Holy shit! Like yeah. I was so happy, I was like ready to like poke fun at him and say, you know, like yeah, oh my god, but he can play the electric guitar. Yeah, he's Holy a man of shit. talents. Like who god knows? God damn he, it! He's like just he can blaze through a sweet child of mine solo and like. Like yeah. nothing like that. Like how he goes through a ministerial task force uh, briefing. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. And he can sing also. Hey, this one, you, you can't use this as your one choke thing later, uh, please. Uh. <laughs> no, this this will not be my one choke thing. In fact, this is this is gonna make me like go sit under the shower after this. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. So God he, damn. I'm sure if he wasn't Ooh. a minister, he probably would be a much cooler person than than what you think, like, Right now, yeah. Oh shit! Never judge a book by its cover. Exactly, exactly. He was a busker, dude. Yeah. He was a busker during his undergraduate days. <laughs> okay, okay. We're sidetracking. Oh my god. Lawrence Wong's, Lawrence Wong's oh uh, my life. God, really. I'm going down the rabbit hole of Lawrence yeah. Wong. But but uh, holy mama. Going back to the main topic, lah. <laughs> so basically, uh, I think we just wanted to just have a quick chat about this because obviously, uh, it seems like what is going to happen in the future is that. Life is gonna be, you know, basically classified. Life this century is gonna be classified as like pre-COVID and post-COVID lah. So like, mm. for example, going clubbing, oh, that's so pre-COVID, you know, or like even going to karaoke lounge, that's pre-COVID lah. Whereas post-COVID is like, I don't know, I I don't know if you've seen pictures of like uh, music festivals in Europe and all where they they give they let people come but in groups of like five and they have to stay in a pod, like a <laughs> like a four by four meter kind of pod. And then and then they are just uh, socially distanced uh, in front of the stage and all uh. So if that's the future of like you know going to concerts and and going to a club and all that, is that something that you want? You would you would you even bother to go clubbing Ooh. anymore, or even going okay, to concerts? So, concerts. So the as much as I made fun of like uh, Lawrence Wong not not being the last person I would see in a club, I suck at clubbing and I've never really uh, been a fan of clubbing. Only when I'm completely drunk out of my mind, la. Yeah. Um. So, so I mean, to me, in some way, it actually makes it a little more tolerable. Like you go there, in like groups of five. Um, because I, I mean, like I always fell out of place in a club, but I never mm. knew what to do, which is why I would get drunk because I, I don't know what to do, la. Yeah. Um. So, and I think because. There was this, oh, you know, this expectation that, oh, in a club, you should be sociable and all that. And I fucking hated that. It feels, honestly, if you're in a pod, right, uh, you can still enjoy the social aspect of it, like enjoying something with a group of people. Um, So, yeah. So, that might actually make me more keen to go, dude. Yeah. So, imagine, like, you know, you have to oh open a God. table, but your table has to be within a pod. Uh, like, you can't, like, or you have those acrylic acrylic panels between you and the next table and all that lah. Yeah. So it takes away all the 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 in meeting new friends and interactions with people. So when you go so, clubbing you really go with your friends and, and no one else. So la. pros and cons are pros and cons. You yeah. can't just go with like uh, people who you know like you don't really like but they they are good at clubs, you know yeah, like yeah. be their, be be your women. You really need to go with people who you can tan be spending the night with. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, and then so so then like then I I bet I get I guess the toilet would be the the most popular place like because that's where you can have uh, this accidental mingling right like you, maybe yeah. you make eyes to someone else in another pot and you like just you know like Me you, you happen toilet. to go to the toilet together <laughs> so then maybe the toilet there'll be someone outside every cubicle or something then you also have to scan in yeah yeah no but but I mean I'm sure the toilets would be more carefully manned it's like I remember last time the old zoo like yeah like, like what you mentioned the toilets. And uh, in the smoking areas were where people were mm. hanging out the most, and that's where you really could talk to people, like new people, and meet, and you know, say hello and all that, lah. Yeah, uh, man. But within the club itself, there was barely any talking going on, like It was mostly Dude, a couple other things, like, uh. The clubs, you know, I mean, last time, like at a club, you know, like everyone's doing drinks, you know, pouring the bottle, yeah, into yeah, yeah. going around, you know, sharing cigarettes, passing all around. Holy fuck! I the, think now there might be a visceral like like reaction to doing stuff like that man yeah yeah so I remember like one because uh, it's anyway it's Halloween coming up I remember going to Halloween parties and club and uh, Zook last time and then if you're wearing like one of the nice costumes or the uh, funny costume I think I, I, I went as a Sesame Street character once like best decision mm. ever because everybody wanted to come and like take photos with the cookie monster so so it's like 
they they will come and they're like, oh my god, you cookie monster, and then they'll hug you and like <laughs> want to take a picture of you. Of course, this was like pre selfie days, lah. So so I don't know why, but like everyone you, wanted to take picture and all, lah. Did you get any numbers, or were you in a relationship then? Uh, no, I wasn't. But I mean, at the end of the day, I was like I was like a Disney mascot, lah. I was like those resorts were mascots. <laughs> uh, but but I mean, it just it just felt it just felt like the that's the most friendly anyone had most that so many people had been to me in a club, lah. So that was pretty. Mm-hmm. That was pretty awesome, lah. But now you think about it, it will never happen, lah. Like Halloween It'll party. It will never happen. You you won't go near other people. You maybe you observe and, their costumes from afar, but that's it, lah. And you know, like why I remember that so vividly because uh, you were wearing the costume when you came to visit me at three a.m. as I was taking part mm. in the Subaru challenge, which is yes, another yes. activity that will probably never happen in the near future. Yes, correct, because the correct. Subaru challenge for those of you who might not know is. 400 people uh, spread out across 10 cars, 40 people per car, competing to see who's the last person that can stand with their hand on the car who eventually wins the car. And literally when you start off, it's 40 people like groin to butt uh, around a car. So yeah. now that's not going to happen because of social distancing. So you might get less people per car, but then you have to wear a mask the whole time. Holy shit, man. And you, know, like, you guys like defecate and pee on each other and shit, right? During the yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, defecate, yeah. yeah. And we don't get uh, meal breaks; we just uh, pass the defecation uh, <laughs> things around. Like. Yep, yep. That's how drunk you were, like when you came at three a.m. That's what you saw, is it? That's what you fucking saw. Hey, it? Because I came at three a.m., that's why you managed to get through that night, like, like because you were so happy that people, people, someone actually came to visit you, and it made enough noise that people noticed, right? <laughs> then everyone's like, "Wow, this guy is so popular! Huh? He's got friends who come and visit him at four AM." That's Please, what you're okay, you came, you came on the first night, lah. La. The easiest night you came on the first night, basket. But I did appreciate that, lah. I did appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why you ended up oh. what second that year? Uh, I that year was I did I end up second? Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Second, dude, yeah. But yeah, so second. so like. Uh, would you go to a concert if you had to, like you know, be in those pods? I would. You would, right? I totally would because I think the 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 one thing that feels like is it, I really miss is that kind of large scale event where you participate in a live activity in a group. Like, mm-hmm. um, one of what someone who I've spoken about multiple times in the podcast is this guy Mark Rabier, who's like a looper, mm-hmm. uh, musician in the US. He actually did the first concert. Uh, after like um in in pandemic times in the US because he mm. worked he, his agency worked with this these drive through theaters mm-hmm. where people would drive up he would perform on stage and everyone would tune in to the same radio signal and listen to the music so yep. to me that fucking blew my mind because everyone was socially distanced but there was still this 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 sentiment of like participating in something live together la. so if there were pods right I would totally go man Mm-mm-mm. totally go and I think that. Yeah, I think for me, concerts, one of the most annoying things about concerts is actually uh, the massive crowds uh, sometimes. I, mm. I don't know about you, but like sometimes I really cannot stand, you know, being in like a mosh pit and everything and, and someone's elbow or armpit is in your face and it's just impossible to see what's what That's because you're a boomer. La. Now you're, you're past the clubbing age. Last time you used to go zoo every fucking week, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, one, that one is you're paying to be in someone's armpit, la. Basically, but uh-huh. at a concert, I'm trying to listen to like you know my Backstreet Boys and all that, and then like there's this there'll be there's some some <laughs> tall dudes armpit in my face, and it's just not a pleasant thing, lah. Where's where's like like when you say nightlife, like bars and clubs and all that, I feel like there's a there's such a big element of of what if when you go there, lah. That, that's the fun of it. Like what if you meet someone who's like really awesome and you start dancing, mm. or that person's like you meet a person on the dance floor that kind of thing. There there's this like mystery that that is that, that will disappear la, if you really have to be in socially distanced pods and all. No, so that's where that's where the clubs have to improvise. La. I, I mean, like right now, I know in restaurants when groups of five interact, it's a, it's a no-no. La. But at mm. these clubs, imagine if you can still make eyes with someone but then you have to like throw your or like you all connect and like have a phone call or some fucking shit phone over there. Like. Things things have to uh, evolve like, you know, across the pod, you know, or like yeah, yeah. you can even dedicate a drink to someone else in another pod. Maybe you, you get like the, the the map of all the different pods. Every pod has a number and that's how you all can communicate. Like. So I think like yeah. for nightlife, for clubs, there's a lot of fun to be had with that kind of stuff. Uh. Mm, like maybe like maybe you can touch your trace, trace together tokens and then it will like, you will like light up red or something like that. If, if yeah, that's why, and you all exchange yeah. contact info or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. something like <laughs> then that. Then you all like. trace together later in the night if you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean the, the the 
crazy thing is that I think in the last what five to eight five to ten years in all these dating apps and all that like have made the process of uh of like meeting people so easy right like so easy like in your room or at home in your underpants or what you can like literally be swiping left and right to to decide who who might be your next yeah. date or something like that yeah but all I, that I now is my, that, all yeah. that is like I mean that still happens like, still you can still do that right right but the 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 act of actually going in person to to have that interaction to randomly meet people on that has just been painfully taken away from us as a human race. Yeah. yeah. And I met my, my girlfriend through an app. Uh, and I know you met your wife at a event. At a party. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at a party. So, Big party. So yeah, like, you know, like yeah. how in, uh, when, when we listen to our parents talk about, oh, you know, last time, olden days, wow, this one, this one. <laughs> You'll be the one telling your kids, you know, last time I met my, my wife face to face, they'll be like, what? <laughs> oh my God, what? No, no we're actually in the same spot together? Yeah, what? Yeah, I remember the last time they were so-called tea parties and hard rock cafe and stuff like that. That means mm. that I think there were parties in the afternoon that young yeah, people yeah, went correct, to correct. to go and meet other young people. Without alcohol or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then our generation would be, oh, you actually went to a club and you had drank alcohol and you yeah. met this person. Oh my God. Because yeah, they're, they're not going to have that anymore. Yeah, you all had physical contact before <laughs> you all even knew each other's names. What? No, no, you all no, no, shared no, no, a drink? No, no, you did not have physical contact before you share names. You still you still had to talk first before you touch, uh. Just don't don't be like Tembusu, the Tembusu professor. Hey, hey, physical hey, contact hey, hey. before and <laughs> no, then you are fucking sp- uh, wiping a huge paintbrush across everything. <laughs> there are many ways where you can have um physical contact without exchanging names first, lah. Consensual, consensual uh-huh. physical contact. It's a yeah. very important thing. Consensual physical contact. But make sure. But then again, make sure you I have, sucked at clubs. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. I had no idea what to do. Uh, so. Yeah, so the the clubbing thing, I, I don't I think even the proportion of uh young the younger generation these days pre COVID, mm. I think the the ratio of people who used to go clubbing also decreased because with all the apps and all right, like I used to go clubbing because yeah, like w- where else could you meet people and like you know even though every time I went to a club, which was not often, mm. I always regretted it lah. Yep, yep. But but uh, I mean the so also for places like uh okay we we talked about clubs, what about places like karaoke bars and, and things like that. Uh. I fucking hate karaoke. <laughs> okay. Is there anything you like? Uh? Is there anything you like? Before we start any podcast, can you just, let's just remind me again, is there any single thing that you just can just say that you like and not have an adverse reaction just because you don't understand it? Uh? Is there anything you like yeah, at all? I like, I like a lot of things, okay? Like, I like, like a lot of things like, uh you know, good music, uh healthy mm. food, good friends, Mm. Uh, good movies, good TV shows. I like a lot of things, okay? Again, okay. you are w- painting a big brush on me who is generally a very happy person and making me seem like a Grinch. <laughs> okay. But I do fucking hate karaoke. I yeah, fucking so, hate karaoke and I'm not shy to say that. Karaoke is fucking annoying and I hate it. Yeah, so so karaoke is... is, is I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of loud singing and screaming and shouting and alcohol also being shared. So yeah. I have... Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to see that possibly working, uh, you know, in phase three. I totally or, or deflated your enthusiasm for the point. Uh. I totally deflated it. No, no, I, I said, uh, you know, some, okay, I'm not talking about the dirty KTVs kind of thing, uh, but just karaoke, yeah. right? The act yeah. of going to karaoke. If you had to sit in a pot, uh, like there was distance from other someone else and all that while singing but karaoke. But in groups of five, okay, like, in groups of five, still okay, right? Uh, yeah, right. but there's still loud singing and, and all that. So there's a lot of spewing of your saliva everywhere, right? Isn't there? Mm-hmm. So so I think that's that's the problem. Like, but they put you in a pod that you can't, you just sit there and you can't really stand up and dance and all that. You just sit there and oh, sing. Uh, I mean, then your microphone has to be maybe like, I mean, uh, has to be quarantined after you use it as well. Uh. No, then everyone brings your own microphone out. Uh, or maybe <laughs> there's an app that turns your phone into a microphone. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We might, uh, actually, that's a great idea. Then you... yeah. You 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 kind of you come and you bring your own microphone with you in a way, right? Bring your own microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like then then you reduces the possibility of spreading to the next person who uses the same machine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So so that's it's, it's tough, like, I mean, uh, kudos to Zook for really trying to find ways to stop the bleeding, but uh, it's not easy, like, right? No, I mean another thing that that I mean we have so many friends who are stand up com- comics, right? Mm. Like stand stand up comedy is also one of the things, one of those things where if you're speaking to like a 
groups in pods, right, it really loses the effect. Mm-hmm. It really fucking loses the effect because the nice thing about going to a stand-up comedy show is you hear people laughing together, yeah. which sometimes is powerful enough to make you laugh, lah. But if everyone's in pods, like two meters apart, like it just loses that intimacy, lah. So for 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 that's where the live. I mean, maybe it's a people need to evolve how they actually perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know, but I mean, if anyone can can capitalize on that, then yeah lah, they have the first mover advantage lah. But I guess the one thing that we spoke about last time, or like people have said before, if you think working from home is just about replicating what you do at the office at home, it's never it's going to be shitty lah because the home mm. is just not cut out for that. But Correct. if you find ways to make or leverage the things that working from home allow you to do, you might be a lot more efficient lah. And I think now even for us as content creators, it's about figuring out how best to adapt to the fucking 2020 and beyond lah. Yeah. Yeah, correct. So right. I guess wow, you remember when we started YouTube we did we were doing like pickup line videos and stuff like that lah. Yeah. Like back in the day. So now that is also back in the day. Also post covid I think that's not possible. You can't just like randomly walk out of people and like yeah. and just say stuff to Can them. You, <laughs> you can't you can't be interviewing people on the street. Then you have to do like the check-in and all right, that right, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, before I interview you, can you scan this QR code please just to, you know, check in and do safety. Yeah, safe, safe whatever. And then, you know in the NBA during the NBA finals and all they were doing this interviews with the with the athletes after each game and then Basically, the the interviewer will be standing about a meet, uh, a couple of meters away from the athlete, and then there'll be a a guy with a boom pole and a microphone at the end of it who like stands like two or three what meters away and then holds <laughs> it at the athlete's at the athlete's mouth uh. So it's like wow, they really take their social distancing very seriously, which is which is good, which is good. It's just yeah like, going forward like you can't do like on the street interviews and stuff like, as easily really like. Right. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, baby, how times are changing. Yeah, maybe microphones but next time will be like two meters long. Uh. When you go and buy a microphone, it'll be like a staff. Yeah, like <laughs> you carry that like a boom pole. Like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Cool. Yeah, but but let us know like if you if you're uh you know single and you but you've still been having a very healthy social life going around. Let us know how you've been how you've been keeping that up. Like. And you mean social but also romantic, like, not just because oh, yeah, not yeah. all social, yeah, of course, social I mean, and romantic. I'm not. I'm not interested in learning about your pen pals and and all that. Like, we're more interested in learning about like how people are still like you know um, getting together and everything through this pandemic. Getting the bow chicka wow wow. Yeah. Cool. All right. That brings us to the final segment of our podcast called the One Shook thing yeah so what's your one shock thing for the week terence uh my one shock thing on the week is related to the iphone 12 i think uh mm. you know you've you probably hear a lot about it the reviews are out and probably all your friends who you know a lot of your friends are might be getting a phone and all i'm not i'm not getting a phone now but um the i think the big the big feature that got everyone excited are the magnets the MagSafe charging uh magnet at the back of the phone which mm. is like allows you to take this giant uh, puck, like a little puck, and then it just uh, magnetically attaches to the back of your iPhone. Uh, and then mm. it charges so-called wirelessly in a way, uh, in a sense that you don't actually have to plug anything in and you can just you can just detach that magnet very easily without any uh, repercussions or you won't damage so is anything. It, is that the battery pack or it, it takes power from the wall socket or something? No, right? No, no, it takes power from the wall socket. But you know, last time wireless charging would have this little puck that you put on your yeah. table, then you put your yeah. phone on it, and it's always a a problem for even for me because sometimes if you don't lay the phone properly, then it just doesn't charge the whole night, mm. you know shit like. But now with this magnet, like it it just mag uh, attaches in place, and you know hundred percent that it's attached, uh. and then the, the magnet as a is wired lah. Yeah, yeah, the magnet is wired. Uh, okay, but the phone okay. has magnets built in as well so that it can attach to those magnets uh. But the cool thing is that beyond just being able to charge your phone. Uh, now accessory makers can build can build and make oh. magnetic products that attach to the back of your iPhone. Uh. So one of the interesting ones that came out this week was uh, Peak Design. They've been doing uh, camera bags and, and a lot of all this, um, a lot of gear that photograph- uh, photographers and videographers use because uh, it's very well thought out. Uh. It's a San Francisco company and they launched a Kickstarter for a whole new line of like uh, accessories to use with your your new iPhone. Uh. So going beyond just the charger, they have magnetic, uh, a magnetic car mount, you know, so that you can just, 
use your you can attach a phone in your car vertically with a magnet. And then they have stuff like a motorcycle mount, a bicycle mount, a wallet that you can also attach at the back of your phone. Wow. Um, you know, all sorts of everything, even stuff that you can, let's say you're in the kitchen and you want to, you're, you're trying to listen to music or you're looking at a recipe, you can just attach. On the fridge, yeah? Yeah, on the fridge, on the wall of your of your to- uh, of your toilet if you, you know, if you'd want it, if you'd want to use your hands and use your but phone But is an toilet, actual so. magnet, uh, is an actual magnet or is it magnetic material? Uh, I'm not 100% sure because I don't, I'm not getting an iPhone 12, but but I don't think yeah. But uh, it's you remember the MagSafe on 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 yeah. Apple laptops. That's what it's yeah. called. Uh, it's called a MagSafe charger. So it, it operates in the same principle. Uh. I don't know whether there are magnets in the in the plug. Because otherwise, all your time. fucking paper clips and all that will stick to your phone also, right? Oh, that's a great point. Uh. yeah, maybe we should <laughs> we should should test that and see. Uh. but I mean, at the same time, who uses paper clips these days? Who uses paper? Hey, fucking got so many things. Got ruler. Got like uh, why do you have a ruler yeah, by pe- your bedside and everything? Why do you need it by your bedside? <laughs> because you need to measure stuff, lah. Yeah, like your wallet, like what, your like index in finger, your, bed, <laughs> your toe. Yeah, you need a safe space, <laughs> safe space to measure stuff. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the last thing you want is like just picking up all this random shit, man. Yeah, you just brought up a good point. I didn't even think about that, huh? Like, what if like yeah. you randomly attracts uh, stuff like around? But at the same time, yeah. it's not it's not a bad thing also, lah, right? Like if you you know sometimes you got random like paper clip in your pocket, then the iPhone catches Fuck it for off, you. <laughs> you so, have sold your soul that much to Apple that now you're trying <laughs> to justify a fucking magnet that picks up paper clips on your phone. No, 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 no. It's just that no, but as in, I I'm quite amazed by it because like uh. To me, it was, it's like such a simple, elegant solution to mounting your phone and all. In fact, the phone case I've been using has a built-in like a, a ma- magnetic material as well. So I'm I already yeah. have been doing this whole magnet thing on in my car and and with with various accessories already lah. You know, I, I've tried to implement that in my life, but um, it's only if I buy this particular phone case lah that also has certain shortcomings and all. But now like. It is that that magnetic ability has been integrated directly into the phone, so you don't even need a case to do it. So to me, it's like, wow, that's such a simple solution that, you know, all these people are, you know, doing the R and D of all these phones and all that could have probably thought of years ago, Like, but now for it to actually come out in this implementation is, it's like such a <laughs> aha the one thing like. All the fucking people like Apple things, you know, got some elegant solution. And the number one complaint is like it keeps fucking picking up my paper clips. <laughs> you know, now they have to get the MagSafe like uh like fucking deflector. No, but now maybe yeah. I mean now now it's there's also the the point of the lightning cable is losing its re- relevance, right? Because if mm. everything's gonna be Bluetooth, if everything's gonna be five G and all that, then uh your Bluetooth earphones the the you don't even need that that fucking lightning cable slot anymore, lah. Mm. No, yeah, it's a good point because a lot of people are saying, oh, it should change to USB-C and everything. But now with this MagSafe charger, I think people are like, uh, you know, actually, yeah, maybe you just don't need a USB-C on your iPhone. You just, once you have this MagSafe charger, it's essentially, that's all you need, all right? You don't even need a lightning port. You don't even need a lightning port that much anymore. One day, data also can be transferred through this MagSafe charger device. Yeah, that's right. So, so it's, it's, to me, it's like, uh, it's quite a big deal because the accessories the accessories that can be the ecosystem accessories that can be built around your phone now have expanded to a lot more la. yeah that's cool la. yeah cool cool trust Apple to do this la. trust Apple yeah cool so uh, my one shock thing is uh, not a tech thing it is this uh, scripted podcast that I started listening to called Homecoming mm. so uh, if any of you subscribe to Amazon you would have seen like Homecoming the series starring Julia Roberts but it actually had its birth as a scripted audio podcast by Gimlet Media back in 2018. Um, and Gimlet Media is quite quite, quite a famous production house of scripted uh, podcasts and pod- original podcast shows. And they were acquired by Spotify, I think, two years ago for $250 million. But why the show is so... It blew my mind so much is because it tells... It's like a, it's like a thriller... Uh, about this this waitress who used to work in in a government initiative to reintegrate war veterans and i'm i'm only a few episodes in but it's 20 minute episodes but it just blows my mind how they tell the story just through audio because you know as screenwriters the one thing is if you want to tell a story you always show not tell show not tell but when you remove the show element right everything is just conversations with people and and if they were to do that as a tv show it'll be very talky tv show lah 
which 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 TV shows try not to be. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very interesting way how they use the background music, uh, how they they edit, they cut, and they go back and forth in chronology and all that, which which was fucking interesting. Like it's it's so damn listenable, and it's the only podcast I've ever listened not at one point eight times speed, lah. One point what? One point eight. Oh, so it's like so. What you speed do you listen at to that? One lah, one, one. <laughs> to, I to respect savor the it, right? speed to that savor. it was. Yeah, to savor it. Yeah, yeah to yeah, savor yeah. it. No, I, I, yeah, I mean, so I also used to, I also used to listen to podcasts like two times or one point five times. But in recent like months, I have like, what's the rush? Why am I rushing to? Why am I rushing to finish all these things? Why am I rushing? Why am I rushing? Where do I need? Yeah, to get life to? is a rush. Okay, life yeah. is a rush. You fucking just cram in as much info just like how I eat my morning vegetables right as much vegetables into my mouth in as little time as possible uh, maybe that's where you know, life is meant to be savoured you know like ah, shut up bit you. by bit that's why that's why you, Fuck that's off, the bro. difference that's why you everything also I can't stand it I can't stand this I can't stand that <laughs> because you cannot cram it into your mouth 1.8 times no because karaoke is fucking speed. stupid okay? if karaoke, I can no, karaoke, I you go karaoke you, like, you also put the speed at 2 times so you can sing finish faster right <laughs> Yeah, because I want to listen to music and enjoy the fucking song, right? I don't want to listen to other people butcher it. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, That's why I don't think I've ever gone karaoke with you because you like karaoke, right? I'm okay lah. I'm okay. I'm waste okay. time. Waste okay. of time. Is it, waste I mean, of time. Karaoke is one of those things you... you it's just stupid fun that you go with your friends and, and have and do. But it's not It's not like you, your life doesn't... You don't feel like you really learned anything or what lah. It's just stupid fun lah. Yeah. I think it's just stupid lah. <laughs> okay <laughs> yep that's uh, Christmas around the corner you know where to find the Grinch <laughs> that's uh, he's not green in colour but you can still find him around exactly your yeah. friendly neighbourhood karaoke Grinch yeah. and with that we are we, we are bidding goodbye on this podcast yep cool man enjoy alright talk to y'all soon